Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is Alderman Anthony Beal. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, you've been Alderman since 1999, Corliss High School, mm -hmm. Blackburn College mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. You're chairman of the Transportation Committee. You ran for Congress in 2013. Mm -hmm. And you love baseball. <laughs> How did that happen? Well, I mean, that was my pastime as a kid. We grew up. Uh, that was just the thing we did in the community. Everybody played baseball. And as I got older, um, you know, baseball has kind of been falling off, especially in the African-American community. And uh, one of the things that I, I found out that growing up, whenever we played outside our community, everybody had wonderful facilities, everybody had great amenities, and you know, we would come back and we would plan on basically dirt. And so I figured, you know, once I got into a position to make a difference, the first thing I did was build a state-of-the-art baseball field on 125th in Michigan, and then we doubled down and built another two behind Gwendolyn Brooks High School. And now I have a, uh, the largest indoor sports facility in the state. So, you know, I'm hoping that we can turn around sports on the south side and in Chicago. Uh, but it's just not a sports complex. It's also a complex that uh, we're providing ACT and SAT training free for anybody who's enrolled in the program. So we're trying to produce smart athletes now uh, on the far south side of Chicago. And that's your field of dreams. How's mm -hmm. it doing? It's doing well. Uh, it's summertime now. Most people are going outside now. Uh, but we had a great fall and a great winter, and uh, you know we're looking forward to a great uh, fall coming up. So we're really excited about it. It's a lot of energy, and a lot of people are excited about it. And people are coming from all across the city, and they're coming from Wisconsin. They're coming from Indiana. Uh, we had our first indoor um, little league uh, indoor tournament over the over the winter uh, for 10 and under and 12 and under, and it was packed. People were coming from all over the place because where do we play baseball in the summer? I mean, in the winter time, we don't have any place to go. But this is an opportunity to where we can now play indoor baseball in the winter. And before we get into politics, did you really drive a John Deere tractor I to mow the I do every Sunday. Every Sunday. I'm out there on a John Deere tractor cutting the grass, manicuring the lawns on both the baseball fields. Absolutely. Well, good for you. Mm -hmm. Is it fun? It is. It's therapeutic. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so Mayor-elect Lightfoot spent mm -hmm. much of this week in Washington, three mm -hmm. days uh, developing contacts there. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back home, what's happening with organizing the city council? Well, yeah, no, I can honestly tell you that you know we're we're trying to organize uh, ourselves uh, because that's how the council um, was designed to do. It was designed that we organize ourselves and we pick our own chairman and vice chairman and committees and things like that. And um, you know, I mean, if that's how the city council has been structured, I think it's about time that we finally start doing it ourselves. So you're not waiting to hear who she's comfortable with? Well, you know, we're trying to work with the administration. It's no doubt. We are trying to work with the administration because it's to the best interest of everybody, the city, the aldermen, and, and the administration, that we all work together. So we're trying to work together to come up with compromise um, on, you know, these chairmanships. So who is your lineup? Who's your finance chair? 
Well, right now, I think the front runner for finance chair will be Alderman Tunney. Um, uh, Tunney has great relationships throughout the council. Uh, he has a great temperament as far as trying to get along and bring people together, and I think he'd be a great choice to be finance chair. Does he have the votes? Well, you know, we're we're lining the votes up for him. Uh, you know, we're all working together, and you know, I just want to make Who's it. Who's we? Well, I'm working with Alderman Tunney, and I'm working with Alderman Villegas and Alderman Raboyes on the Latino side, and me, Alderman Austin, and. Michelle Harris are all working together, and of course, Tunney is working uh, the other side of the aisle. So we're, I think it's a collective effort of we're all trying to come together, work together, uh, so we can move the city forward. And uh, you know, I think it's in the best interest of the, the city and the council that we, we structure it and organize together. So in your lineup, you have Tunney as finance chairman, mm -hmm. budget chairman is Austin, Right? Uh, we're looking to retain Alderman Austin as budget chair, absolutely. Why is that? Well, you know, she has the knowledge and, and you know, we have to understand, you know, when you have new administration, you have to have some institutional knowledge in place. You don't want to just throw everything out. You, you have to have some people in place who know the lay of the land, who know how to get things done, who know how to operate. And I think it's in the best interest of the administration that, you know, we all work together and keep some of that institutional knowledge in order to move the city forward because we have a lot of challenges ahead of us. And if these challenges are not met, then you know, you know, we don't want to fall into a situation where we, you know, have a gridlock like they had in Springfield. So, what's the rest of your lineup? What would you get? Well, you know, I don't want to give you the entire lineup. That you we're would get at. workforce development. Well, you know, I'm looking at workforce development, and uh, you know, so I think that's a good fit for me. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I have a great temperament. I, I think I have a good level of respect amongst my colleagues in the city council, and uh, you know, I'm. Can bring people together and so that's what we're trying to do. You're looking also to be floor leader. Well it's, it's, it's uh, up for grabs that uh, you know I am looking to be floor leader because again I think that uh, you why know, you as floor leader? Well why not me? Uh, you know I you know if you look at it from that standpoint why not me? I think you know I do have the ability to bring everyone together and I have a great level of respect from everyone in the city council and uh, you know I think that uh, they trust my judgment. And the zoning committee. Well all those other ones are still up for grabs we're still trying to sort it out. But and I again, mean who's your front runner for well, zoning? Well you know I don't want to I don't want to put the cart before the horse and I don't want to put out who is who's looking to get what because there's still some maneuvering and there's some things where you know I thought people would be a good fit and they said no that's not a good fit for me and so we have to kind of balance it out as far as what people feel they're comfortable with and, and uh, but the bottom line is we need to get to, to 31 to 33 votes for this administration and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, if we don't get to 31 to 33 votes for the administration, then you know we, we can have problems later on down the road, and we're trying to prevent that. Why do you say 31 to 33? Because uh, 26, of course, is the right, majority. Right. But what's what's the cushion needed? Well, for? you you always need a cushion because you never know what some someone's politics is, where they may have to take a pass on a vote or two, and so you have to have give yourself a little bit of a, bu a buffer. Um, you know, because someone may not be able to vote on certain things because of, you know, some interest in their community. So you have to give yourself a little bit of a buffer in order to move forward. And that's what we're trying to do for this administration. Now, in the zoning chair, Kappelman was kind of a nervous Nelly mm -hmm. when he in, when he filled in for Solis. Mm -hmm. Is he capable of keeping it on a long-term basis? Well, you know, I, I don't see Kappelman um, leading the zoning committee because, again, um, you know, sometimes people have tough tough times dealing with tough decisions. And, uh, you know, I think the committee kind of overwhelmed him because you're looking at someone who never had a committee and being thrown into zoning. And I think that was unfair for him to be thrown into that particular hot seat at that particular time when he's never 
governor committee. Um, he's not having a chairmanship. And uh, that's, you know, zoning is the fourth biggest committee in the city, and there's a lot of uh, contentious things come yeah. through that committee. And to throw him into that um, fire, I think it was, I think it was, um, you know, I didn't think it did him any service to throw him into that particular situation. So you need someone with a real backbone, and you also need mm -hmm. someone with a lot of knowledge. You need knowledge, and you need backbone. And who is that? There's not well, too there's, many people there's, around. There's a few. There's a All few right, people. All right, go ahead, name a few. Well, again, I don't want to get into, you're you know, not being committing. baited to, you're you know. You're not committing, but you know, name a but few there, people there, who There are a few people, um, you know, um, you know, actually, um, Alderman Tunney can handle uh, zoning. Alderman Burnett can handle zoning. Uh, Alderman Raboyas can handle zoning. Uh, Alderman um, uh, Brookins can handle zoning. Uh, Alderman Sawyers can handle zoning. So, you, I mean, you can go down and find a list uh, of a lot of people who can handle zoning. Um, you know, so there are a lot of talented people in the city council. So I don't want to minimize people who have the ability to handle a, a tough committee. But you, again, typically in the city, you start off with a smaller committee, so you get the lay of the land and you know how to govern. And then as time goes, you kind of move up because you get familiar with how a committee is supposed to be ran and how it's to be structured. You don't, you don't go from not having a committee to one of the top three or four in the, in the city council because now you're doing yourself a disservice because you don't know how to handle the lay of the land. And that's where your experience and your knowledge comes in. So you have to have people that have institutional knowledge who knows how to get things done, who knows how to maneuver a committee. And so, uh, you know, so we have to look at all of those things. So what happens if <coughs> Mayor Lightfoot says, I want Scott Waggis back? Mm. What happens with that? Well, I think if, if you look at, um, you know, a position such as that, I think you're, you know, headed down the wrong path because you, you're looking at someone who has not worked with the city council at all, who does not have any relationships with people in the city council at all, and someone who has never had a committee. And so in order to handle big committees, you have to have relationships. You have to have the right temperament to get along with people, to work with people, and know how to give and take with people. And, you know, based on my tenure in the city council, I just don't get that from uh, Alderman Wagesback. He says he's one vote away. Well, he's still one vote away from 26. Well, do you believe, <laughs> do you believe that with, if Mayor Lightfoot says, I want him, Mm -hmm. Wouldn't he get over the top? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely so, in other words, the the aldermen are ready to defy her if her choice well, is wagged back. Well, again, we are. It is our job to organize ourselves. That is the job of the city council. We are to work with the administration on how we can govern the city council. And so, you know, I mean, we, we want to work with the administration, but at the same time, we don't want to blow up the city council. Um, for one person who has no relationships and ho knows, you know, I mean, you're coming in, okay, with all due respect, she's coming in, we've worked with him over the past few years, and we know what we're getting. I don't and think what you're getting is what? Is, is someone who doesn't work well with others in the sandbox. Well, but he says, I'm just a guy who wants to make deals better for the taxpayers. Mm. I'm not personal about it. Mm. I'm not being a jerk about mm. it. I'm just someone who prods mm. and pushes to get things better. Mm. And I might be a pain that way, but mm. I'm not being personal and nasty about it. Mm -hmm. So why is he well, someone you can't swallow? That is his personal opinion. Um, but, you know, what people say and what people do are two different things. Uh, actions speak louder than words, and uh, over the years, his actions have shown that he does not work well with others. So if she insists on this, she is bucking for a fight. Well, um, I can only speak for myself that if, you know, and I'm hope, hope, 
hoping that this is not true, but if she were to say that she want Wagenspeck to be her finance chair, I would not vote for Wagenspeck. And would, would he have the votes? Well, again, if he's at 25 and he doesn't get my vote, then he, you know, he's still one short away from getting to 26. And if she were to dump Kerry Austin as budget mm -hmm. chairman, would that I, I, be a mistake? I would, not, I would not support that at all. Why not? Because you, you have someone who, who has institutional knowledge, who knows how to run a committee. She's passed several budgets uh, for several administrations. She knows how to get it done, get things done, and I think she could be an asset to the administration. And she has said, I'll be as loyal to her as I was to Rahm Emanuel mm -hmm. and to Richard M. Daley. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry for what Rush said, or she didn't say sorry, but she said mm -hmm. she couldn't get off the stage fast enough mm -hmm. when Bobby Rush said that anyone who voted for Lori Lightfoot would have blood on their hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you think Lori Lightfoot holds a grudge for that? Mm -hmm. Should she? Well, no. I mean, look, in this game, we all run campaigns, and there's a lot of mud that gets slung through campaigns. You know, with a comment like that, you know, I think the congressman was out of order with that particular comment. I think that is outside the realm of um, politics, and that was a hit way below the belt, and I think he owes the mayor elect an apology. Right, but shouldn't the people on the stage mm -hmm. with him at that day should have either run off the stage or said, I disassociate myself mm -hmm. with these people? Well, there should, have been some, there should have been some statements sent out immediately. And um, there weren't. And, and well, again, I'm just telling you what I would have done. Right, uh, that was because, a mistake. Because a lot of times you're on stage and people say things that you don't agree with, so you have to send statements out to let the, the, the public know that, you know, that statement is not a reflection on my views and how I, how I feel and govern. But that was a mistake she made in not doing that. Mm -hmm. But should Lori Lightfoot say, well, water under the dam, I'm going Absolutely. on? Absolutely. This is, you know, we, we, we've all been in campaigns that get nasty. Once it's over, you know, if apologies need to be um, presented, then people need to apologize. But in this game, there are no permanent friends and no permanent enemies. It's just permanent interest. And the interest is to move the city forward. We have huge challenges ahead of us. We have huge budget uh, deficits. We have pensions. We have police and fire contracts. We have CTU contracts. We have all these things. And it's going to take a strong city council to work with the administration to get past these hurdles. You're not looking for a fight, Nobody's but you're saying if she picks this fight, she might lose it? Well, again, I'm just telling you from my standpoint, I would not vote for Wagenspeck. Okay, now on aldermanic prerogative, she's going to mm -hmm. push that as well. Mm -hmm. She's going to come out with an executive order mm -hmm. that somehow orders her departments not to make Alderman the final say-so. Mm -hmm. What happens if she picks that fight? Well, again, there, there is no written rule about automatic prerogative. Right. That is just something that we have a courtesy amongst ourselves because I don't want someone telling me what to do in my ward and I'm not going to tell somebody else to do what's in, in their ward. And so that is a common courtesy that we have amongst ourselves. Uh, I think that would be a mistake to do anything as far as, uh, as it relates to automatic prerogative. Uh, these commissioners have to be confirmed. And uh, if I hear a commissioner saying that they're not going to listen to the alderman, then again, they're not going to get my vote for confirmation. Right, but what, how do you avoid having an alderman have the final say-so on every little thing? Mm -hmm. Aren't there things that really should be administrative, mm -hmm. you know, well, signs, driveway permits, well, things, no, block parties? Well, look, we, you cannot govern personalities and wrongdoing. And I think that's what people are in, in the press are looking at now because some people have gotten in trouble because of, you know, some of the rules and regulations. You cannot govern someone that's going to do wrong. Uh, you know, we have laws on the books against murder. Okay, people are still murdering. 
So the, the rules in, are on the books already. So if someone wants to do something illegal, they're going to do it. All right. So you can't govern that. But what you have to do is, you know, you just have to have the right people in place to do the right thing. And so hopefully people understand that, you know, you can't do certain things. You can't strong arm people. You can't uh, hold things up because, you know, you're trying to squeeze nickels and dimes out of people. That's that's not good government. But you can't not put rules in place to govern bad. You know, so you you're saying it. if she bucks this fight, if she, if she tries to push all the manic prerogative, mm. then what's going to happen? Well, again, you know, there's no rule to buck automatic prerogative. So she so can say to her department heads, mm. aldermen are no longer to be mm. the final say on zoning, on all these other things. How do you get it passed? Well, she, she could do need, it. You still need 26 votes. She could do it by executive order you and cannot, order her department you heads. You cannot, you need, any zoning change, you need 26 votes. You cannot have an executive order to override automatic, you know, 26 votes. And any type of legislation needs 26 votes. But you how do you argue that this has not been, it has been mm -hmm. at the heart of every single automatic conviction? Mm -hmm. It's at the heart of the Burke scandal where he, uh, held up a driveway permit mm -hmm. because he was trying to shake down allegedly Burger King for legal business mm -hmm. for his firm. How do you not recognize that something needs to be done? Well, there? I'm not saying that something doesn't, something has to be done, but at the same time, you know, if I have something in my ward where I have a bad business owner who's creating havoc on my community, who's providing uh, illegal substances in their store, who are providing expired meats in their store, who are selling cigarettes to minors, who are doing just all kind of illegal activity, I have a duty to make sure that I try to get that business out of my ward. And if it takes holding up a permit to get that person out of my ward that's creating, creating havoc on my community, I don't want somebody from downtown taking that right from me because the people in my community have elected me to represent the best interests of my community. So if you take that away, that means I don't have any jurisdiction over a bad business that's hurting my community, who's providing expired meats to kids uh, because the, the, the meat has been expired and they go and grind it up and make nachos out of it and they sell meat with nachos on it with expired meat that's, you know. So those are the kind of things you deal with. You wanna take that ability away from me to help protect my community? I don't think so. You'd mentioned the pension crisis. You mentioned the budget crisis. Mm -hmm. Lori Lightfoot says that she's inheriting a much more dire situation than she, even she mm -hmm. knew, and we knew it was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Can a property tax increase be avoided? Um, right now, I haven't seen the final numbers. I don't. I don't know the depth of the the problem. Uh, I know she's been briefed on it, um, but we have not been briefed on the magnitude of the problem. Uh, but a property tax increase will be very, very hard in this climate with this council. So then what? Uh, again, we have to look at other alternatives. Like what are they? Don't uh, you owe it to her to come up with some of your own? Well, absolutely. And we're okay. going we're, we're to work with the administration to try to figure this whole thing out. You know, I mean, you know, I, there's a whole lot of avenues where I've tried to save hundreds of millions of dollars over the years in the city council and haven't been able to, um, you know, get those things to uh, reality. But at the same time, we're going to work with the administration. Like what? What do you Well, recommend? we all know that, you know, I've always talked about the police and fire um, um, issue um, as far as duty availability, uniform allowance, and, uh, and the overtime that comes out of uh, the police and fire and OMC. 
you know, it's a, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of fluff in that, in that budget. You think she should take on the extra pay that police and fire receive? I think there's other avenues where we can do some cost savings without taking anything away from the officers. Well, you said duty availability pay. Mm -hmm. That's a pay cut for them. Well, again, it's not part of their pay. It is extra. And if we can provide those same amenities to the officers uh, that are out here putting their lives on the line every single day without putting you know, them at risk, I think we need to look at that. We have to look at everything. Everything is on the table. The amount of construction has gone up through the roof where it's costing three or four times uh, to get things built in, in this city. Something's wrong with that picture. And we need to figure out why is it costing us three times as much that it costs other states to build the same structures. We have to look at why, why are um, you know, the cost of material so high? Why are we paying three or four times for material? So it's a lot of things that we need to look at that way we can save a lot of money in this city. What about on the revenue side? What ideas do you have there? Well, you know, it's, you know everything is on the table, Fran. You know, All right, I, give me a couple of ideas that you would like to see her pursue. Well, you know, as far as the revenue stream, yeah. I would like to see a tollway on the expressways. Um, you know, people coming in and out of the city, um, you know, that are tearing up our roads every single day. Uh, you know, they're... Uh, what are you talking about? A congestion fee? A congestion fee. Uh, but a downtown I, congestion I, fee? No, I think, I think we need to put a tollway on our expressways. Um, you know, the Dan Ryan, the Bishop Ford, uh, the Eisenhower. All those expressways, I believe, should have some type of tollway because people are coming into the city. They're taking advantage of... Our, our streets, their police, our fire, and all the amenities that the city has to offer, and then they go back out to their respective suburban areas. So I think we need to look at a way to try to get some of that revenue that's you know creating havoc on, you know, you've seen traffic in this city. It's, but it's, those are state expressways. Well, again, I think we can work something out with the state to where we can, as a city, can put a tollway in uh, in the city of Chicago to get revenue. And I think another big revenue stream that we need to look at is, you know, I'm a huge fan. We deserve a Southside Casino in the city of Chicago. You know, we're working on plans to put a Southside Casino on the south uh, on the south side of Chicago, that I think will bring us between four to five hundred million dollars a year. That's another revenue stream that we need to look at. And uh, you know, there's some plans on the books where once we get, if we can get, get a license from Springfield, we can have a casino. We can hit the ground running. We can we can actually be in the ground with construction this where? fall. Where? Where are you talking about? Well, You're talking it, about where Rahm Emanuel wanted to put it by well, Harborside well, Golf Course. Well, that there are two sites. There's one site in the tenth ward, and there's another site in, in the ninth ward. Where's right, the right, ninth ward site? Right off 103rd and Woodlawn. Um, you know, so both of those have been presented to the mayor. Uh, the other site poses a, a little bit, bit of a problem because it sits on Port Authority land. And of course, we know the port is going to want a piece of it, where the other one, the city can have it owned outright. And it's in the opportunity zone where we get federal relief. And so we get more revenue off of that. So we believe that is a great opportunity for the city of Chicago to be able to have a huge chunk of revenue to plug our pension problems that we're dealing with right now. What's on that site right now? Nothing but trees. Okay. And what about ride sharing? We've mm -hmm. seen this week, mm -hmm. Uber is going public today, mm -hmm. but meanwhile the drivers say we need to put a cap on it, we need to do all these other things. Mayor Lightfoot seems to be very, very much in favor of doing something to level the playing field. Mm -hmm. What should she do? Well, we need to have the same rules and regs as ride share as we do for the cab industry. And you know, I've been fighting that, that fight for a long time and uh, you know, I, I felt like I was on a sailboat by myself on that one. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, the cap industry has been hurt significantly. Uh, the cost of medallions has gone down from its peak from $360,000 to basically you can't give them away now. 
that's a that's devastating that industry. And so those mortgages are, are in, in, in foreclosure. People have lost their houses. They've lost everything because of rideshare being able to come in and just do what they want to do. They operated two years in the city without any rules and regs. That's criminal. For two years, they've been able to hurt a business that's paying through the nose, and they were able to just come in and do what they needed. Okay, whatever. so what should be done right well, now? Well, we need to level, finally level. How? Well, How? they need to be under the same scrutiny, the same rules and regs as the cab industry. It's, it, there should be no difference. They're providing the same service, and for them to say they're not providing the same service is wrong. Well, what are you talking about? They, they're saying that they're not a cab industry. No, I say, what are you talking about? Background checks, fingerprinting? Background checks, fingerprinting, um, even the, the, the cost of the, um, the, the pool. Um, it, I think we're only getting 50 cents now. We should be getting at least a dollar, maybe even $2 per ride off a ride share. And so, and what people don't understand is ride share companies right now are taking advantage of people who are in dire need of employment. That's number one. Number two, they're not even paying those people minimum wage, Fran. That's a, that's a travesty in itself. So if they're not making a minimum wage, if their car breaks down, if they get a flat tire, uh, their insurance goes up, the gas they have to put in their car, all of those things is on them. If their car breaks down, they're done. Uber and Lyft doesn't give them a, a opportunity to say, here's another car, you can keep making some money. So. At the same time, once that industry is devastated, because they're the number one funder right now in autonomous vehicles, once autonomous vehicle takes off, those 20,000 people they say that they have that's driving right now under Uber and Lyft will be out of work, unemployed, and because their main goal is to have autonomous vehicles where they make 100% of the money and not have to rely on people to transport left and right. Should there be a cap on licenses like New York Absolutely, has? there needs to be a... Uh, uh, what we, should it be? How need, much? Well, how, how many gonna, licenses? We're going to be looking at that. We're going to be looking at how many drivers, how many cars can be on the street at any given time. There's no reason why you can have a person just turn the app on and start driving. You may have 25,000, 30,000 Uber or Lyft cars out at one time Basically, so what should it be lower to? Well, what should that's, the cap that's, be? that's the number we need to look at. I don't know what that number is should now. Should it be the same as the number of medallions? I don't know. I, you know, I can't speak to what the number should be, but I guarantee you that I'm going to work with this administration to find out what that number should be, and we need to make sure that we put a cap on how many cars can be on the street at any given should time. Should there be a ban on out-of-state? Uber and Lyft riders. Well, again, I, you know, I don't want to get into people making a living. If they want to come in, they have they have. Because Lori right. Lightfoot has talked about that. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, Indiana, mm -hmm. all these people coming in, mm -hmm. flooding our streets, causing traffic congestion. Well, again, you know, if they're paying a toll on the expressway, we, we're getting them coming in, right? And so we're you don't gonna, think you, 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 you would support out. that? Well, again, I would look at everything. I'm very open. Very, you know, I'll welcome all ideas, but we need to do something. And before we go, six socialists are mm -hmm. they going to be a big factor? Well, you know, uh, you know, I, I wish them well, and we're going to work together on, you know, what's hopefully in the best interest of the city. And a lot of times when people come in, they, you know, become, it's hard making that transition from an activist to being an elected official. So where an activist, you're used to throwing darts. When you're an elected official, you're catching the darts that are coming at you. And so now the darts are going to be coming at them, and so hopefully they see the error of their ways and they start seeing that, you know what, we need to work together for the betterment of this city. Is that a nice way of saying shut up and listen? I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Beal, thanks so Thank much you. for joining Appreciate us. Appreciate it. We'll see you all next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. 
Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.